0: In the Fantasy Focus.
1: Fantasy. Fantasy Focus. We're back. It's Field, it's Mike, it's Daniel. Welcome into Fantasy Focus. We are presented by Geico. It's an awesome football show. We have a blast. You can find out all the ways you can save using Geico. That's right. Visit geico.com right now. See all the ways you can save. Hold on, Field. I'm going to go to geico.com. Yeah, do that. A lot of ways that you can save. All right. So we're doing. Can there? I save yeah, the show? We're just going to do our insurance. Consumers. Yeah, insurance. Our insurance. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's that's the point of the podcast. So we're going to discuss that's our right. insurance. Daniel, you know, you
2: don't. You know, do. You know, don't do that on your personal time. You just
1: do it now while we're. Well, trying. Field
0: said, go to Geico.com now. I'm literally just doing what my friend Field said. Switch no. to
1: Geico and see all the ways you could save, Mike. See. All right, fine. I'll do that too. All
2: right. Once you guys are done, we will discuss. Talk running backs. I'll do my insurance.
1: Well, we might as
0: well. Field and I could do
1: at least as good of a job as you do. No, Seriously, that's not exactly saying much though. We already discussed running backs. 24 through 13. Check out the last podcast in the feed. Here we are for running backs 12 through 1. More seriously, Mike does an incredible job with the running back Rankings and all rankings here on ESPN.com. I often call him the engine of ESPN's fantasy football coverage because he makes things go. It's high praise. Let's go 12 through 1 once again with the running backs, Daniel. Can I ask you a question before we do that? You can ask me as many questions as you want.
0: We're going to have this conversation so many times coming into this season, but yep. like, understanding the way that the running back position played out last year, are you going to approach running backs differently in the first round than you did in 2022?
1: I don't think dramatically differently. I do think, though, that if I have the number 1 pick— the concept of taking a wide receiver first overall mm-hmm. is more in my brain than it than has it been in recent seasons. Yep. Once we get to the top two or three running backs, I can explain why that is the case. But I think still generally, like if you hit the right running backs last year, you probably had a higher chance of winning your league than if you hit the right other position just because of how scarce great running backs are.
2: Yeah. And I thought last year we might see, might uh, see kind of a a changing of the guard at running back as some of the top guys are starting to get a little older they held up for the most part we're going to actually talk about some of those guys right here but that was one of the oldest top 10s top 12s yeah. in running back uh in, in a long time it's been quite a while since the average age was that old so um we could see some drop off and there's already some of these guys we're going to talk about are rumored to be get some restructures or maybe even be cut mm-hmm. or perhaps traded some are free agents so It could be a bit of a shakeup, and that kind of devalues the position because then you're more looking to some breakout stars as opposed to guys that we've been relying on for the past five years.
1: All right, so let's get into it. And the Vikings have been relying upon Dalvin Cook for the past five seasons. He checks in at running back 12 on Mike's board. Just want to make sure this is clear, and just so people who are listening to this in uh, in, in not real time know, we are having this conversation on February twenty eighth. If one of these guys has been like traded or cut by the time that you are listening to it, are bad. We can't predict the future. We are not Adam Schefter with all the sources. But Dalvin Cook is a player that I think Vikings Twitter has suggested could possibly maybe not be on the roster next year. They've got a very tight cap situation to manage. And you may have heard of a guy, Justin Jefferson, they're thinking about extending. Mm -hmm. He's pretty good, so they might pay him basically every dollar available. Speaking of potential first overall picks in fantasy drafts. He's kind of one of the names that comes to mind. But Dalvin Cook, uh, RB12 on Mike's rankings. And Mike... Even if he's gone from Minnesota, which I don't know how likely that is or is not, he's talented enough that you would figure he'd get scooped up somewhere else and have comparable value. Yeah, I think he's not old enough
2: yet where we're super worried. He is coming off, actually, the first season of his career that he played in every game. We've never seen that before. However, career low yards per carry, and he was 15th in fantasy points per game. That was his worst since 2018. So, uh, he's kind of fallen out of that kind of elite conversation where he thought, you know, at times he was fringe top five or in the top five. Now he's more of a borderline RB1. Um, Alexander Madison is a free agent as well. So which I don't know if it matters much because when when they were both healthy, it was a cook show. Right? Yes. Madison yep. got a little work, but he was still the guy. And also we saw an uptick in passing down work for Cook last year. It's going to be the same scheme, same quarterback. Same dynamic at wide receiver, most likely, and tight end. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson was there last year and will be back. So um, I expect status quo. If he's back on on the roster next
1: season, he should have another year left as the feature back and should be a borderline RB1. Daniel, Travis Etienne, who comes in at number 11 in Mike's rankings, was kind of one of the breakout players, maybe not so much of the season, but of the second half, right? Because James Robinson looked great early Mm -hmm. on in the year coming off of that Achilles injury. It was amazing. And then things turn for the worse. He ends up being traded to the Jets, where he is a non-factor. It was the ETN show, and if I told you coming into last season that ETN would have a great year but barely catch the football, you'd probably tell me I was lying. And yet he had a great year last year while barely catching the football. Yeah, it was
0: pretty unreal because all the things that we thought about was this kid and everything he did in college is just going to continue to happen, especially once James Robinson mm-hmm. left. Yeah, It's like, we're going to utilize this kid, and he's going to be both a— a pass catching running back, as well as a guy that gets a ton on the ground. Instead, fourteen over fourteen hundred scrimmage yards, but only three hundred and sixteen yards in the passing game, which is what I, I feel like. Thirty five catches for three sixteen is way less than what I expected. Now, gives him a really good floor to be able to build off of, which is I am hoping. Something that they're going to continue to do. Obviously, this offense is. There's a lot of question marks. With you got Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, both who look great. You're adding Calvin Ridley, who we talked mm-hmm. about a couple podcasts ago. Mike and trying to. How do you quantify what Calvin Ridley is going to look like mm-hmm. in this offense? Figuring out what happens with Evan Ingram. So, the idea of Travis Etienne being more involved in the passing game. There is a lot of mouths to feed in this offense, and I'm not sure he's just going to get locked into this pass, catching role, roll, but you see efficiency everywhere with Travis Etienne. Yeah, and
2: Doug Peterson was the play caller last year. He will be again in an ascending offense, which is good news, and Etienne was used heavily as a rusher, so as long as he's getting most of those carries and improved involvement in the passing game, we're going to be happy. I mean, his efficiency as a rusher and receiver was outstanding, and by the way, he scored five touchdowns, right? He was 10th in yards at running back, only had five touchdowns. His expected touchdown total Should was up. 9.2, so he will, you know, I do them list every year who's going to score more touchdowns, I guarantee ETN will be featured in that column or those columns this off season. I think I'm going to be on him next year just because again, what do you you expect from the Jacksonville offense? Another step back or a step forward? Progress. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Trevor Lawrence's third year, add Calvin Ridley, ETN next year, probably more enhancements. They just cleared up a whole bunch of cap space so they could add more. I mean, You'd expect them to be even better. I'm, I'm really pumped for Etienne. I would not be surprised if I end up ranking him higher than this. I just
0: want to say this, too, and, and maybe he's not going to be this back forever, but more goal-to-go rushes last year than Leonard Fournette, than Derrick Henry, than Damian Pierce, than mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon. I don't think about Travis Etienne like
1: that, but you're saying he only had five touchdowns, yeah. and he had more it's goal-to-go
0: rushes. Than the, yeah, yeah. He, there should be positive regression for sure.
1: Ken Walker checks in at number 10, the highest-ranked second-year running back, a guy that we all love, a guy that... Game into last year is not just a backup, but a hurt backup. He had that core muscle, was a hernia surgery early in the season and limited his role. Plus, Rashad Penny was still around. Penny ends up on IR, missed a ton of the year. Penny is a free agent as of right now. Looks like there is a pathway, Mike, for Kenneth Walker III to be the lead back in a Seattle offense that, was exceptional last year not just throwing the football but running it as well yeah and he kind of fit the profile of what
2: we expected it doesn't always work out this way he came in as a guy we thought would be a really really effective rusher uh, and perhaps a guy that could handle 20 plus carries a game but the big question mark was the passing game work and that's how it played out exactly after Rashad Penny went out he was top five uh, at running back in carries and in touchdowns with eight but he was 25th, only had 27 targets, a very low target share, uh, and, and it actually dropped off late in the season. Five of his last six games, he only had one or two targets. The efficiency in the passing game was awful. So I don't know if that's something that will be fixed next season. You know, is this is a guy that, that could see 50, 55 targets, or is he going to see, is it going to be like Derrick Henry 2.0, where he's only getting a handful here or there, you know, one or two a game, like a Miles Sanders or something like that. So uh, that's my only reservation with Walker and why he may end up outside my top 12. We're going to have to see what they do around him on the
1: depth chart. But get, don't get me wrong. As a rusher, he looks the part. He looks I great. Number 9 was an interesting player on this list. Najee Harris-Daniel, who mm. admittedly struggled last year. Uh, like By the end of the season, I would describe him as fine. He mm-hmm. did play much better down the stretch than he did for the first half of yep. the season. But part of what made him exceptional his rookie year was... Elite. Like we're talking the best in the NFL workload. He had more touches as a rookie than any other player in the league that year. He had the most catches amongst all running backs Mm -hmm. in 2022, 2021 as well. And that dropped off dramatically this past year. Do you think that which one of those is the more real version of Najee Harris. Gosh,
0: that's the question, right? Yeah. I mean, because you're talking about going from, what was it, 70-plus catches? He went from 94 targets to 54 targets. That's that seems like dramatic a lot of a drop-off. Yeah. You know, what is that? Is that because of the offense? Is that? I mean, there's no way that it's just like Najee Harris all of a sudden got bad at catching the football, right? So something yeah. is going on here. Well, Big Ben Leighton, his career was very
2: conservative, and uh, yeah. the, you know Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett stopped dumping it off as much, right? And he was, I mean, it's funny. You would like if I think if you polled most people who played fantasy last year and said how many games did Harris miss, you're probably like, well, like three or four, right? Just seen he missed zero games. Zero. He's never yeah. missed a game in yeah. the NFL,
1: so uh, you can't really use that as an excuse. No fumbles, no games missed. Is he still no fumbles? I think he's still no fumbles. He definitely had zero as a rookie. Uh, I got to go he check had that.
0: Three fumbles this year. Like. I don't know if he no? lost any though. For games. fumbles be fair. lost, you're which right. is
1: always it's you know what. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, save thats number eight S A V E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, save thats number eight S A V E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. It's one of those things that uh, if you're a Steelers fan, you'll point out zero loss. If you're not a fan of the Steelers, you'll say three fumbles last year. Who cares if you lost them or not? Ball security is job security. I'm having a hard time, though, on this one. Um, I don't know. The offensive line last year I thought was a little bit better, but more so as pass protectors than they were as run blockers. I don't think they're doing them a ton of favors there. I don't know if Najee Harris is like as dynamic as some of the other players that we've already discussed, mm-hmm. like Ken Walker who we just talked about just a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe, uh, but and and the touchdown upside, I, I don't think it's uh, quite as significant as some of the players that are ranked around him as well. But I don't know. Like, I think I'll feel like Najee Harris. Where I get him next year is probably going to be much more in line with where he deserves to be valued as opposed to a first-round pick, which is where he was in some cases last season. Yeah, and it's funny because he's also scored 10-plus touchdowns
2: both seasons as well, right? So That's not accurate.
1: There's no way that's true. It, it doesn't feel true. that way, though, right? No, it
2: definitely does not feel that way. And uh, you know, Clustered I, he, touchdowns, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. he scored a lot of them late last season, but that was where I was going with my point was he was kind of, you know, he was injured. He was beat up early in the season, and it showed. And then he got healthy in the second half, and he looked good. He looked back to, you know, if he started out that way and played the whole season like he did the last six weeks of the season, we'd have no different reservations.
0: conversation. Have I always tell higher. this to
1: people. I, I always use over the past two seasons, Antonio Gibson and Najee Harris as great examples of it. If you're going to struggle for half the season in fantasy, make it the second half, mm. because by the time if if you struggle in the first half and then get going in the second half, by the time you're paying off. Yeah, you're on somebody else's roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like, and you're, or you're still on the same roster you were drafted to, but your team is in you know ninth place out of ten. It doesn't matter, right? It's like, oh, sweet, I've moved up from like not the worst team in the league to like the fourth worst team in the league. Yeah, so. I, I agree with
2: that. But I'm saying, looking forward, like the fact that he got back on track and only had like you know a month or two there where he was beat up and and things weren't going well. But he was great as a rookie, at yeah. least from a fantasy perspective. Lots of volume, and he was great in the last like six weeks of the season. He was fa- he was fantastic. I think he was top twenty every like six straight games to start or to finish the season. So I think that's enough to give me some more optimism, especially his age too. He's still pretty young. I actually wasn't taking you to
1: task there. I was just um sort of um venting about my war room <laughs> oh, no, pick up for the past two years more than anything else. <laughs> Fair enough. If we're being entirely honest. Let's move forward here and get through a few more of these names. Number eight on the board is Nick Chubb, who he's just like consistent, Daniel, in yeah. a sport in which it's hard to find the same thing over and over and again. Here's what you know about Nick Chubb. You're gonna get at least eight rushing touchdowns. You're gonna get probably like twelve hundred more twelve hundred or more rushing yards, and you're gonna get like, I don't know, twenty two catches, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I I gotta be honest. Nick Chubb is one of my least favorite players to roster in fantasy because really? it's just not it's just not fun. Mm. And and it's not that's not that Nick Chubb isn't one of if not the best pure running back in the game of football. It's just he doesn't catch passes. You know, you're looking for him to have 100 rushing yards and a touchdown. I don't watch Browns games. I don't want to watch Browns games. <laughs> like, I already watched the Lions. I don't need to watch two bad teams. <laughs> so it's like, he's, it's just not a fun running back. When I look at all these other guys, it just I feel like there's more excitement. There's more sexiness. That's just me as a human talking about the emotion of the game. Okay. He is still the guy that you're going to, like, I have no problem drafting him. But you know that it is all going to come from rushing.
2: Yeah, for the most part, he did see a little uptick uptick last year, and Kareem Hunt's a free agent. I don't expect him back, so maybe even more work in the passing game is possible. Who's him? Is but it, it's Dimitri funny, Felton. Ernest Johnston. Ernest yeah, Johnston. Um, yeah. And, oh, who knows uh, what his future yeah, is. Yeah. yeah, so well, Jerome Ford. Um, yep. So we'll see how that plays out. But it's funny to hear that he's not exciting. Like since he was drafted, he leads the NFL in the yards per carry. Yeah, like he is an explosive, fun runner, but he's just it's a little frustrating in fantasy because he, of the lack of involvement. Uh, in the passing game. But he was top five in touches this past year, yards, touchdowns. It was RB six and fantasy points. Still in his prime. So uh
0: again, just,
2: he's a he's back end RB one. I think part of that is,
0: and you can totally you can totally feel you used this earlier. You can take me to task about this. I okay, just feel I like the upside of Nick Chubb the path to that really fun 35, 40 forty-point game that we could see from those pass-catching running backs mm-hmm. in the NFL, you're never going to see from Nick Chubb unless he rushes for 180 yards and four touchdowns. And I just think it's so much easier to have that fun, exciting game from those pass-catching running backs that are in this list. Fair. Yeah.
1: You also don't get the you know the the three point seven points per game or point game from somebody else. it just that's fair. Yeah. It's yeah, all no, roster construction, absolutely. Right? Like absolutely. Nick, you know, you, you don't want to necessarily pair Nick Chubb with like comparable. Uh, type of players who aren't going to have big passing game passing work games but you know like if you have a if you use your first round pick on justin jefferson you come back around and you've got nick chubb it's like it's a rock solid totally start right that. there you've yep. got your fantasy super superstar and you've got your fantasy rock star as well by the way last six weeks of the season he had
2: one finish better than 20th which aligned with you know who a quarterback that's so uh yeah. we'll yeah, see John how that Watson, plays right. out and yeah. and maybe how you feel about Deshaun watson's status next year is kind of
1: could align with how you feel about Nick Chubb. Kareem what?
0: Hunt's definitely gone, right? He's not coming back. I yet. would be no surprised way. if he was back. Be very okay. surprised.
1: He was critical Part of that of the free last year. year. Yeah. I want to okay. uh, get through one more player before we get into where I think is like the really interesting conversation. Joe Mixon, who last year was RB6 at over 17 fantasy points per game, I hate when you do this in a lot of cases where you say like, well, if you take away his best game of the season, Mm -hmm. the problem for Joe Mixon is his best game of the season was one of the greatest outliers in fantasy football history. It's one of the greatest performances ever. So that 17.1 number is a bit inflated by that five touchdown game he had, Mike. Seems like there is some question about whether he could potentially be on the chopping block given Mm -hmm. the Bengals finances. But assuming he's not... This is a team that when they've had him over the past, what, five or six years has pretty much relied on him in a pretty similar way. Plenty of rushing opportunity and a solid number of passing game opportunities as well.
2: Yeah, and expanded this year, which maybe there's more concern if not for that, especially from a fantasy perspective. 76 targets, 60 catches, uh, over 400 receiving yards, all were career best last season. Um, But the concern here is that... He had that injury right around midseason. When he came back, his snap share dropped from seventy-three percent to fifty-three percent. That mm-hmm. is substantial, and it was wasn't just a few games; it was a lot of games. and includes the playoffs, where he wasn't as much of a factor. Samaje P. Ryan played more. He is a free agent too, so there's a lot to be learned about what the Bengals' backfield will look like next season. But if he if he is back, if Mixon returns as their lead back, I mean, it's the Bengals' offense; they're going to be terrific. He had he he underperformed a little in the touchdown department, which, which I think will uh, bounce back for sure. I think we could get one more big fantasy year out of him if he's back with Cincinnati. But again, he
1: is a cut candidate, like you said. Top six guys are where it gets fun here. And it's a hard order to put together. So I give Mike credit, uh, even if I don't necessarily agree with every single pick that he made. But number six, Daniel, is Josh Jacobs. It may just feel too low after how he played last year.
0: I just want to make fun of all the we, we we said we were going to put on our critical pants and then we haven't been critical I know, Not early And enough. now it's tough Being to be critical the to top 5. Yep, yeah. Totally. Uh no, Josh Jacobs, here's the thing. Who's going to be the quarterback of this team? Don't know. And uh, is he going to be on the team? And is he going to be there. Yep. There's a big there's a big question mark around both of those things. So are, all yeah. the stuff that Josh Jacobs is, it's tough for me to be able to know right now and this is the way too early part of the conversation. There's so many variables left to say what's Josh Jacobs going to look like in 2023? I don't I, I really I need to know if he's either going to be on this team. And if he is, who's his quarterback going to be? That's a massive part.
2: Yeah, I won't get into how well he played last year. Like, he was awesome. Know, he was yeah. the number yeah. one in a lot of categories. He was terrific. But I will say this. He had he led the NFL in touches. And that is sometimes a red flag. Um, I won't get into the stats on this either. There'll be plenty of content on this throughout the offseason. But in a nutshell, guys that have at least 300 carries in a season tend to drop off. They miss games. It's uh, more than half the time. They miss at least a handful of games fantasy points per game drops off by about at least three points if you just look at the guys who do hold up for a majority of the season they drop off in fantasy points per game by about three or four points so uh that worries me a little bit you know is this a one-year wonder from jacobs is he gonna come back to earth and just be good you know good player he's been he's been good throughout his career but will he be that elite top five guy i'm not so sure and again a lot of that will i think be dependent on obviously health but where he lands you know is, is he on the raiders or who's the quarterback those kind of things we're gonna have to see how that plays out
1: number five in your list is Derrick Henry and I think people probably uh you know obviously over the course of their career Derrick Henry is a far more accomplished player but like the knee-jerk reaction based off how last year went might be like oh yeah Derrick Henry is behind Josh Jacobs one guy going in the right direction one guy perhaps in the back nine of his career Mike uh, I mentioned this uh actually it was a first draft podcast so listen to this podcast but the Titans are a really interesting team like they could potentially make their pivot towards a full-on reboot this off-season. They've already cut several veterans for cap space, but no matter where Derrick Henry is playing next year, no player is a better bet for 300-plus carries and 15 mm-hmm. rushing touchdowns.
2: Yeah. So let me a little trivia here. Okay. And obviously, you're gonna know the answer already. But okay. name the running back who led the position in yards per catch, yards per target, and receiving yards after the catch last season. Deion Lewis. Derrick Henry. Oh, Deanne I should have thought. Hang yeah. it. That's yeah. Yeah, it. Was yeah. Who would have thought, right? He was ninth in receiving yards at running back. Derrick Henry was. I wouldn't right. Have thought that, that was a change for sure. He was still top five after contact. He's still an effective rusher. The only drawback here is age. Uh one age, 29 or older uh running back has finished top ten in fantasy points over the last five seasons. That was Cordero Patterson, who did a lot of that as a pass catcher. Does he drop off, you know, at this age? It's possible, but I think he's just a, a special. Player, you know he's just on his own planet, so I'm not super worried about it. I think uh, as long as he's an active NFL starter, starting
1: running back, especially with the uptick in receiving work, feel pretty good about him. I want to be quick on number four because I don't think that uh, I'm mentally ready to hear all the (laughs) takes on Jonathan Taylor, who was RB 17 last year at 13.3 points per game. He missed six games, a career low in yards per carry and yards per catch. Daniel, I'm not going to overthink this. Okay. Yep. Last year. Very few people had any issue with Jonathan Taylor being the top overall player in fantasy. Yep. Everything that seemingly could go wrong did go wrong. Yep.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: The floor was not pretty, but it wasn't that terrible in the context of how bad it could have been. Jonathan Taylor is a totally justifiable RB4 on Mike's board or anybody else's. Do you feel strongly differently?
0: No, I feel 100% the same. And so much of this is going to be... We thought that Matt Ryan was just going to bring some consistency to this offense, even if he wasn't going to light it up. He was going to like he's Matt Ryan. Yeah, he knows he's a great professional quarterback, and that did not give the offense any of that baseline that we thought was going to happen. And so obviously the injuries come up, and and that changes so much. This is going to be like you like you're alluding to. We've got to figure out who's going to be the quarterback of this team. What do they get? Michael Pittman. It's not just Jonathan Taylor. This whole offense just unbelievably I felt like was under performed based on what their expectations
1: were. I believe, I do believe, that the offensive line will play better than it did last year. It's sort of inexplicable about how poorly it played last season. They had some guys who were playing through pain, but they've played through pain in the past as well and been a dominant unit. I am hopeful the offensive line trends back in the right direction. And as far as player health is concerned, Mike, you can't predict whether a guy is going to stay healthy or not. We saw that last year with Jonathan Taylor.
0: I want to say this, though, really quickly, because Stefania and I did an interview with him uh, heading into this season. Yeah. And I left that that conversation feeling like, holy crap, this kid gets it about his body. This guy understands mm-hmm. everything that it takes in order to make sure that he is healthy, that he is physically fit. I felt zero issues with that. And so when this injury comes up, it's like dang it, this is this is part of football. But but heading into the season and wanting to think about it now, this kid, everything about Jonathan Taylor, he seems so unbelievably smart in taking care of himself and understanding what this game is about. So I want to believe and still have that faith in him coming into 2023 because that mentality doesn't just disappear.
2: Yeah, right. He was hurt throughout a big chunk of the season, and he came back healthy in the final month. and was terrific again, right? He yeah. was performing like a mid-range RB1. Again, uh, so and he's still 24, right? A fully healthy Jonathan Taylor is a guy I'm going to be in on for sure. Uh, Yes, look, yards way down. Touchdowns went from 20 to 4. He he was dead last in yards per target at running back. There was a lot of problems. But check this out. This is the most interesting thing I found when I was doing uh, some work on Taylor here. Carries per game went from 19.5 during his breakout year last year to 19.2, almost the same. Targets went from 3.1 up to 3.9. Hey! So his usage was almost exactly the same between the two seasons, yep. and all of the things around him, including injuries, just crushed him. Right. So I think uh, I'm very optimistic about Taylor.
1: I'm going to try to have a lot of him. Hopefully, we get a discount.
2: Agreed. DP wise, yeah.
1: Okay, so let's move forward here to the final three players in Mike's rankings. Saquon Barkley checks in at number three. Mike, again, I don't. I don't think we need to lay out the credentials. Let me give it a three, two, one. All right. Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler. Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I don't think people need to sort of be informed on the credentials of those three players. It's really going to be whether they agree with the order there. And my guess is most people are just fine with Saquon Barkley at number 3, right? Mm-hmm. He was remarkable last season. We think he's going to be back with the New York Giants as far as talent goes. Few, if any, players can match his at the running back position. 2 and ones where I think it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. Make the case, why was Christian McCaffrey ahead of Austin Eckler? Eckler coming off of this just remarkable season. You know what's year? funny? I might
2: flip that. Okay. I'm thinking I'm going to flip that. Uh, this was my initial rankings, like right after the season ended. Yeah. Uh, doing more work too. I'm leaning a little bit more toward uh, Austin Eckler. I mean, the catching, the receiving is ridiculous. Four players, not running backs. Four players had more catches than him yeah. last season, and he's obviously plenty involved in the touchdown department uh, and in the carry department as well. It's going to be a great offense. Yep. Kellen Moore comes in, so I'm, I feel great about him. Uh, and I think the drawback on Christian McCaffrey, and you know, I'm we're picking Silver up line. our top guys, yep. is that when Elijah Mitchell yes. played his carries dropped off big time. I mean, it was what was it? It was 67 to 62 in favor of McCaffrey in the six games they played together. Uh his fantasy point total dropped from or uh, points per game from 16.7 to uh went up to 27.1. So 16.7 to 27.1 I'm sorry. versus when Eli played or was out. And they love Elijah Mitchell do, yeah, he's gonna be when he's healthy I know he's missed time but when he's healthy he's gonna be involved that's gonna that's gonna cost McCaffrey uh, carries and goal line opportunities as well the touchdown disparity was big as well
0: that's an 11 point difference yeah huge that, that is unbelievable crazy what do yeah. you do with this um, does it make a difference part of this and maybe I'm maybe this is just you know, t- too much but Austin Eckler having like Justin Herbert under center makes me feel so much more confident than Christian McCaffrey and it like his targets won't make a difference because they're so short, but I'm curious about what the what the 49ers are going to do. Is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Brock Purdy? What is Trey Lance going to look like when he comes
1: back? I have no idea. I mean, both of those guys coming off of major injuries, by the way. Mm-hmm. A UCL injury for Brock Purdy and Trey Lance with the broken ankle. I don't know who's going to start at the beginning of the season. I kind of feel like it's going to be a legitimate competition between those two. I have Austin Eckler number one. I am curious though. One thing I'm curious about is that. The Chargers have been, in some people's eyes, like irresponsibly non aggressive as a passing offense over the past couple of seasons with Justin Herbert when playing for Joe Lombardi, who's now mm-hmm. the Broncos offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it looks like now under a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, who was certainly has a, a much uh, a re- reputation of being willing to be more aggressive. Not that Austin Eckler won't see a ton of passing game utilization, but. Could that drop off by 10%, 15% Mm -hmm. only because they're just trying to push it down the field a whole lot more and taking advantage of the guys like Mike Williams who other play and other players who are vertical threats for them? But I I still have Austin Eckler number one. I
2: think you could take the under substantially on 107 catches for Austin Eckler, which is what he had this past season, and still rank him RB1 and be like, that makes perfect sense. Uh, He could have 87 catches. It's nitpicking. It's nitpicking on these guys. And beyond,
1: like to me, the conversation about. McCaffrey versus Eckler probably isn't even the conversation about McCaffrey versus Eckler. It's more McCaffrey and Eckler versus Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. or Devontae Adams or Cooper, Cooper Cup. Kupp, well, you're taking or Travis Kelsey you know, yeah. Overall, yeah, overall. Right, overall. So. I mean, I might do it. <laughs> Give me the first pick in I'm a draft. Kyle I Pitt, might do. Obviously. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's this year, is his year, guys. But I just mean, you know, would you take an elite, elite wide receiver, Tyreek Hill? I'm sure I'm forgetting sure. a couple other names, uh, and in that top spot, or would you just go with the running back? Because for so many years, we have said. Running back, all things being equal, is the most valuable position in fantasy football. Great stuff, though, by Mike. We can find the all, the full set of rankings where? They're at ESPN.com, and uh, a lot of this these nuggets that I got to and a lot
2: that I didn't get to are going to be in our capsules and our content yeah. and our magazine, all that stuff throughout the offseason. You'll see all of this. And speaking of running backs, I have that column up, so if you want to look at over the free agency Landscape. A lot of these nuggets are in there as well. Plus, all the other guys we're going to be looking at. Mike Clay NFL on Twitter, which you is a it. way
1: to get all of this content funneled into one spot. He is at Daniel Dopp on Twitter. I am at Field Yates on Twitter. We're going to be back soon discussing more probably rankings related stuff. Plus, combine takeaways. Oh yeah, Ooh, free agency yeah. preview, free agency recaps. Because before you know it. Adam Schefter is going to be blowing up your phone with all the notifications.
0: I am freaking pumped about your combine stuff, Field. I know so little about the wide receiver class that's coming in. Yeah. I am ready for first draft because I got to learn a lot about it. But there's so many with these quarterbacks. I don't know how fantasy relevant they will be this first year, but dynasty at least. Yeah, oh, a lot of quarterbacks. I mean,
1: always, and as we know. Running backs, whether these guys go in the first round, yeah, the sixth, there's a chance somebody is going to be fantasy relevant. As a matter of fact, several of them will be fantasy relevant from this year's draft class.
0: B. John Robinson is going to be inside this list of the top 12 or the one that we did last time, mm, which question. is 24 24th. Um,
2: first round, yeah, landing spot dependent, but he's going to be drafted by a team that's going to make him a feature back, I would imagine. Um, there's not many of them available, okay. but I would say top 15. Okay, and Look, first round running backs... Them being RB ones immediately is common, common, right? So, not shocking at all.
1: He's gonna, but the hype is gonna be out of control. Yeah, it's going to be out of control. But what's interesting is that there are several teams because of all the traded picks who have picks higher in the order than their record would indicate from this past year. So, it could be a fascinating landing spot for Bijan Robinson. All right, he's Mike Clay. He's Daniel Dopp on Field Yates. Again, we're back again soon. Please make sure to download and subscribe to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast Mm -hmm. wherever you get your podcasts because that is the easiest way to find new episodes. They will populate right into your feed just after they are published. I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. He's a NASCAR guy with a base to try
0: a Langford fan for life Chargers are off to a terrible start But that won't change his mind Matching up all the cornerbacks Touchdown, regression, and weekly stats But if your team falls flat He's the one to blame He's a brainiac, brainiac on the case With projections that in first place.